so much going on in these areas where this really frontier machine learning generation capabilities that are now being productized. At some point, or maybe even now, translators and LSPs are going to be required or asked to translate something that has been written by AI. And welcome everyone to another episode of Slaterpod. Quick news show this week. Uh, hello, Esther. Hey, Florian. So busy preparing for another great SlaterCon remote next week. And we'll also be launching a new report, the Interpreting Services and Technology Report that's going to be out early next week. Very comprehensive. Uh, frankly, I think this is the first time anybody looked at the uh, interpreting world in such a comprehensive manner, right? Yeah, it's very deep dive, comprehensive. Absolutely. Uh, looking forward to launching this. And then there's another one in close uh, succession, we'll be launching another report. Uh, just teasing this here, uh, you'll be hearing from it, of course, very soon. But today, um, we have a quick news show. We'll be talking about AI writing and LSP. Uh, quick update on the interpreter strike uh, based on a piece that's not from us, that's from uh, the U European Union Observer uh, that's, uh, that was out today. Limebridge is building out their gaming uh, franchise and then Airbnb uh, is launching some translation, uh, additional translation MT capabilities. So we'll be talking about that today. One thing I was looking forward to, Esther, was last week when uh, with all the Apple, was it this week or last week? Might have been this week. It was pretty recent. It was pretty recent uh, with, with, with all the, the iPhone and, uh, you know, the, the, the big Apple event. Uh, we were trying to see if there was anything related to machine translation because they, they used to have, like, each time there was some kind of announcement, some new feature, new functionality. This time, crickets. <laughs> I usually kind of protest to watching that, the Apple event. I don't know. It's always on in my house. And uh, I'm like, oh, no, it's not going to be interesting for me. And then, you know, almost almost inevitably halfway through, my ears prick up because they're going to they talk about something translation language, you know, multilingual. And I'm like, oh, what's that? <laughs> but yeah, like you said, not this time. Not this time at all, uh, which, you know, I don't know. It's fine. You know, one thing that I'm using quite a lot on the phone uh, in terms of MTs, Google Lens. Have you ever used that? No, I haven't, no. So Google Lens is, the, the way I use it is if there's photos posted on Twitter in a language I can't read. So like with, with text in the photo. In the photo, right? So basically you, you select the photo, you go and then you kind of scroll down a little bit and then it, it gives you the op option of uh, using Google Lens to basically OCR and then MT the uh you know the text that's on the photo i mean i guess it was more meant to like you're outside taking a photo of you know whatever the ukrainian or chinese or japanese uh you know sign but actually now it's been super useful for for me for just you know stuff that um, when somebody takes like a screenshot of something that that's in in another language that i can't read uh then i'm using that quite quite a lot so that's not an apple Feature, I mean, that's basically Google just embedded on the iPhone, right? So who knows? Maybe Apple's going to launch something similar. The only thing they launched was this kind of, that I noticed, was this like crop picture thing. 
but yeah, that's for, for a different podcast. I'm sure there's like seven, 7,000 other uh, Apple podcasts that talk about that. Uh, in terms of writing though, we've been coming across a lot of these uh, AI writers. We're talking, we've talked uh, a number of times about uh, copy AI because they're so public in you know, sharing their progress and their financials. But you wrote a piece around uh, if that's a threat or an opportunity for LSPs, tell us more. Yeah, like you said, I think we've covered a few companies in this space before. Copy AI, there was also Other Side, um, so, which we covered, I think, one of their funding rounds not so long ago. Uh, but like you said, a ton of startups, um, obviously based on natural language generation, NLG, um, that are well popping up, whether they've been there for a while um, or sort of just starting out, but definitely gaining traction in terms of more funding going into it, seem to be acquiring new users and things like that. Um, I mean, just briefly, how, how it works, for those who don't know, is that you would uh, create an account, probably log on, brief the AI writing system with really just normally a few key inputs, like I want to write a blog post about machine translation, for example. Um, you click a button and it will present you with the fully written text um, of, you know, whatever you've told it to write. Uh, and then normally there's a kind of there's an interface where you can edit the text. Um, so that's sort of how most of them tend to work. Uh, I mean, for when I was writing the article, just did really some sort of fairly uh, short desk research uh, looking into some of the different ones. Literally just Googled copy AI, because uh, that, like you said, is the one that was probably best known to us. Came up with sort of a dozen, maybe more just on the, on the first page of search results um, that are offering pretty much the same the same thing in different, you know, slightly different variations in, in user interface and different things that they're offering. Uh, but they tend to be targeted towards things like creating emails, product descriptions, blogs, like I said, some sales copy. I mean, some of them are even saying you can write your resignation letter <laughs> using this kind of stuff. Don't do that. Don't do it. No. Um, but, you know, I think you've also tested out a couple of these. I tested out a few. Um, I mean, and I thought I would play around with you know a subject that I know so I was like write about machine translation and its relationship with humans and then what you'd get back is you know there is a complex relationship between machine translation and humans and the first paragraph would kind of read pretty well like an intro um, but then I don't know kind of getting a bit sort of into the weeds and a bit sort of weird when you get into the body of the article but you can edit it so the, the thing here that I noticed when looking at all of these different solutions is that it's not trying to say, normally it's not trying to say, okay, we're going to write a properly well-crafted uh, blog, really well thought out, really well researched, etc. What it's saying is for copywriters, for content creators, let us help uh, remove your writer's block. Let us give you inspiration, be a starting point or however you know, you want to quite want to phrase it. I think uh, Copy AI's tagline was something like, say goodbye to the blank page. Um, but yeah, let's get to the sort of nitty gritty. We're talking about translation here. So, I mean, I think that the basic premise is if there are more and more of these AI writers or AI written content is going to become more, well, more present in professional lives, um, surely at some point, or maybe even now, translators and LSP is going to be required or asked to translate something that has been written by AI. I mean, does this change workflows, for example? How would an LSP go about translating 
you know, this kind of AI written text. Um, so we, we kind of discussed a bit about that, the possible workflows. Would you then, you know, do a kind of edit on the source, first of all, uh, the AI written text to correct it or perfect it first? Um, but also, I think in terms of, is it a threat for LSPs, this AI writing? A lot of them are already multilingual. So most of them, you can write copy in sort of 25 plus languages. Uh, but it means that you're writing the brief or those short inputs in German and you get a German output. There's a few of them that support what, you know, we would consider to be translation where you put input in a language, whether English, French, whatever, and you get, you can program it or tell it to generate text in a different language. Um, but the point is they're already a lot of them multilingual. So does that then alleviate the need for translation of this kind of content altogether? Um, Potentially, uh, but I think also, you know, we kind of closed the article by talking about a potential opportunity for LSPs, which is like, well, why not think about actually using uh, this AI writing or starting to offer sort of AI writing services, maybe even productizing your own AI writer with NLG or partnering with some kind of third party to, to provide the technology. LSPs provide the kind of editing service on top of that and then the multilingual component of translation. So, yeah in a nutshell, a big nutshell. It's fascinating. I think there's just so much going on. And the fact that there's so many new startups that are trying to, um, to well, productize or make a company out of this specific use case indicates to me that, I mean, this technology is almost, it's not vanilla, but like it's a lot more about the commercialization and getting the first, you know, 500,000 users on your platform and getting the money to then really go and, actually improve it so it's an opportunity to large lsps as well like why wouldn't a large lsp be able to develop this in-house without rely having to rely on a third party obviously these companies aren't building all of these things from scratch the startups i mean right those are often very small companies well they bought built on top of things like the language models that we've talked about um, a few different times yeah this might become something that LSPs, you know, offer internally or like have some internal capabilities and then can customize it for very specific uh, clients as well. So, yeah, it's just that you feel there's so much going on in this space, in the writing space, multilingual writing space, also in the dubbing, like the AI dubbing space, machine dubbing space. There was another funding around which we'll be covering probably by the time this is out uh, by uh, Dub Dub AI. Uh, also based in India, we had uh, uh, Dubverse in the podcast before, etc. And XLA last week. So, so much going on in these, where in these areas where this really frontier machine learning generation capabilities, like language generation capabilities, are now being productized. Uh, that's a lot of uh, heavy words right there, but uh, anyway. So, it, in the world of human interpreting. Uh, unfortunately, the strike at the European Parliament among interpreters continues. Strike, let me define the strike here. They, they continue to work at the booth and on site. They uh, refuse, they just refuse to interpret those that dial in remotely, right? That's, uh, that's the point of contention there. 
And apparently the negotiations, according, this is according to uh, the uh, publication called EU Observer. So apparently the negotiations between the European Parliament staff interpreters and the administrations have collapsed. That's the word they used. And now they're trying to get the European Parliament President Roberta Metzola uh, involved. So very high level mediation attempts there. So... I mean, we did unpack this on previous pods. It's just that, yeah, this is, it's obviously one of the world's largest interpreting services. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's very important and interesting how they resolve this going forward because it's at this kind of crossroads of, you know, remote interpreting technology, use of um, third party vendors to support the, the service, but still have the highly qualified internal uh, staff interpreters there. So it's a very kind of, it's a very interesting set of circumstances. And I'd be really um, curious how this, how this will eventually resolve, right? Because I think we're talking about hundreds of interpreters there. Well, it's been going on for a while as well. So you hope that they can find some kind of resolution. Correct. And then it, it ends basically by saying the strike is set to continue to uh, the 27th of September. So I'm, I'm not sure if that means that they'll end it there or if, if basically this is just kind of the next point in this uh, in this saga. So we'll be we'll be covering this. But for now, just want to give a brief update still going on again, high level mediation attempts being uh, tried here. And uh, yeah, so back in the corporate world, Lionbridge likes games so they you know they did that billion dollar deal on the data for ai are they trying to do a billion dollar deal on the game side that would be difficult <laughs> uh, only because most of the gaming companies out there are, are not anywhere near uh, that kind of size or scale um but yeah they bought another um gaming well game services provider i suppose you'd say it's a company called game tester um, which is a game testing platform that does what it says on the tin. Um, so it's uh, based in Australia. I think they also have a bit of a presence in South Africa, UK, quite small, um, probably sort of 20 to 30 employees or so. Um, and it's not a done deal yet, but they've signed a definitive agreement to acquire Game Tester and it will go, well, become a part of the Lionbridge Games division. Um, which, I mean, I think we've written about in the past as well because Lionbridge uh, has already acquired a couple of different um, game, game lock, gaming sort of um, voiceover type studios in the past. So they've also acquired the LA-based game localization studio called Rocket Sound. That was back in 2021. Um, and they did a Germany-Berlin-based game localizer called Mouse Power earlier in 2022. Um, so the games, I mean, Lionbridge games, you're sort of typically providing mostly localization or game localization services, but also sort of by the sounds of it starting to go uh, beyond localization. So this is not a localization related acquisition. Um, it's, well, community-based game testing. Generally, localization testing has been uh, one of the core businesses at Lionbridge forever. But this is not localization testing. It's community-based game testing, right? So they're doing, they're actually testing the game Got it. I don't think it's specifically sort of the QA testing that you would see as like a, I don't know, a, a next step after localization. Um, basically, Game Tester, for game developers and publishers around the world, it gives them access to this big pool of gamers that clients can then get feedback on a game as it's being developed. I mean, maybe some of that involves, 
you know, getting feedback on maybe the developed versions in different languages, but I think it's specifically on how the game um, it has been developed as well. It's an, I mean, from a business model point of view, it seems like another kind of crowd sourcing type of, you know, liaising with thousands and thousands of individuals. Yeah, for sure. Very good. A company that has millions and millions of users is Airbnb. And this week they launched or not launched, they expanded the use of machine translation. And we all know that Airbnb runs on drum roll. <laughs> modern mt okay because surely they run on more than that i was like what is it google aws no no translate uh, modern mt airbnb's machine translation is uh runs on modern mt which is now owned fully by translated and our very own andrew smart uh visited them this week in rome no that was last week hang on and now he flew on to uh to vegas <laughs> <laughs> He's going to all the hotspots. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to, uh, from Rome to Vegas. I don't think there was a, there might have been a, a indirect flight there. So now he's at ALC, the ALC uh, conference in, in, in Vegas. Uh, you know, there was a, a discussion there between going to AMTA, the, uh, uh, the, the machine translation conference, which is also this week in Orlando. Huge agenda. I mean, I looked at the conference proceedings. It's like 400 pages of you know, technical papers and like lots of uh, lots of people there. Very exciting agenda. Followed it on Twitter. Uh, so AMTA going on this week in Orlando and then ALC in uh, Las Vegas. Both, of course, cities. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say no to visiting. <laughs> what's the, What's the news about Airbnb, Florian? <laughs> yeah, what's the news in Airbnb? All right, I'll bring it full circle. Uh, you know, AMT again was as machine translation. So let me bring this full circle. A segue into Airbnb's machine translation which they now used for reviews after expanding to messages this summer, right? So I just booked uh, an Airbnb and obviously it's all English, but if I was, you know, liaising with somebody in a, in a country that wouldn't uh, want to communicate to me in English, I could use uh, MT to translate the message. And now reviews are uh, also being translated now by uh, Airbnb, what they call the translation engine. I mean, that's a, that's a ton of content, right? We all know that probably in terms of volumes, like travel reviews, like user generated travel reviews is probably right up there with like the biggest area of application or biggest areas of application of like, it used to maybe, it used to maybe be like light, super light post edited, but now it's, it's all fully empty. So this is like one of the, the biggest, um, um, and most useful kind of applications of, uh, of machine translation, right? I mean, if you don't speak Japanese, click, boom, it's there. So good. This is a great deal for um, modern MT, of course, for translate. It's a fantastic use case uh, to have a client like that. And so congrats on expanding to include reviews and uh, having the whole platform uh, very much kind of multilingual at this point. So for us, please join us. Next week at Slaticon Remote, lots of uh, MT discussion as well. We talk about risk in MT, uh, kind of anonymization. We talk about quality estimation. We also have uh, um, Zoo Digital on for media localization and lots more. I'll be giving uh, my two cents on how the industry is heading into 2023. So join us there and see you next week. See you.